We are talking about Nick Saban, probably the greatest coach in the history of college football. In 11 years at Alabama, this man is 119 and 19. I'm going to repeat that. 119 and 19 in 11 years. Four seasons, he's lost just one game. A fifth season, he didn't lose a game. This dude is absolutely phenomenal. In the process of it all, he holds everybody accountable. At some point, you're going to deal with Nick Saban now. Coaches, uh, offensive coordinators, of course, players, etc., etc. Who the hell is anybody, and I mean anybody, in the sport of college football to call this man overrated? I mean, what possible explanation or validity can you have to that argument? If Nick Saban is overrated, no one else belongs in college football. Sports. Go, Jalen. Go, Jalen. Faith. Oh, man. God help us. Celebrities. Kiffin. Run the ball. And all things Southern. This is the Funny Main Podcast. Comedian Funny Main want to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Funny Main Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to tell you the reason I believe people will never, ever like the Alabama program or Nick Saban, and just anything affiliated with Alabama. Also going to be sending prayers out to a former LSU great. And we're going to take a look at some of the accomplishments that some of our favorite former SEC players had in the NFL preseason this weekend. But first things first, I did name this the overrated episode. If you've been keeping up with the news lately, uh, especially in college football, CBS took an anonymous coaches poll. Now, anytime I hear the word anonymous, I'm already skeptical. I'm already tuning out. I'm from the old school, bro. Like, if you say something, you need to own it. You need to put your name on it. You know, because I, I just could never respect the type of person that would say something anonymously and still have the coconuts to walk around maybe the coaches who said this about Saban or they they have a personal relationship with him and just imagine they're smiling in his face they're doing this and they're talking during the season but you said these anonymous things that is so phony fake and isn't something that I cannot and will not ever respect in my life it's no secret yes I am a lifetime Bama fan Yes, I love Coach Nick Saban, but I do try to hear people out. I try to hear what they're saying, and I try to see maybe if it's making sense. Do I need to take off my crimson glasses trimmed in houndstooth and just really listen to what the people are saying? Are they making a point? So here are two of the comments by these anonymous coaches. Coach number one says, Nick's got a lot of advantages in my conference You could take five or six of us and get there a month before the season and win 12 games. There is a little effing machine underneath that stadium, and they grow them there. Dear Mr. Anonymous Coach Person, sir, if it were so easy to do what Nick Saban has done at Alabama just in his career period, everybody would do it. It ain't easy. There's a lot of things that have to work together as far as administration and players buying in and fan support and the right brand of college football. And because he is doing these things, I think people just need to take a deep breath 
and just enjoy greatness. Perfect example, and this is an absolutely true story. When Tim Tebow was at the University of Florida, I was not a Tim Tebow fan just because, you know, he he got all the hype. You know, he, he was always on the news. He played for Florida, who was usually in the way of Alabama winning an SEC championship. But what I did, Tebow's senior year, I'm pretty sure I got a Facebook post somewhere. I remember writing this down somewhere. It's absolutely true. Going into Tim Tebow's senior year, I remember saying, I don't like Tim Tebow, but I respect Tim Tebow, and I understand what I'm watching. I understand that I'm watching one of the greatest college football players ever. So with this being his senior year, I'm going to enjoy watching Tim Tebow because I understood what I was watching. I don't think people understand or respect what they're watching with Nick Saban. Like you are actually experiencing history. Nick Saban is giving you credibility for arguments that you'll have with young kids 20 to 30 years from now. When they start having their favorite coaches and their favorite team, you're like, hey, well, look, he ain't no Nick Saban. You know, I saw Nick Saban. I was alive during the Saban years. I mean, people who just can't muster it up to support. I get it. There's a lot of winning. We do a lot of winning. And sometimes you just can't get with the winning. You want to see them fall. I get that. It seems to be a human thing that you just root for the underdog. But at some point, people, you got to stop, take a deep breath and understand what it is that you're watching. He's showing you what your program should aspire to. Like I don't care what it is, bro. If you if you're a janitor, I believe your floor should be the shiniest. If you work at a fast food joint, you should go in that thing every day like SpongeBob. Anything that you do, I feel that you should do it to your most full potential. That's called living. That's living a full life. And Nick Saban, by all standards, is living a full life through his career. But, 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 but there was another coach who, in that CBS poll, called Nick Saban overrated. And he said that we're going to have a war. You're going to have a howitzer. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And I have a musket. And then every time we'll say that you're brilliant. Now, if you don't know what a howitzer is, I think it's like a World War One, World War Two uh, military weapon. It kind of sits up like a cannon, but it just it booms off as a very large gun. I, I Googled a picture. That's the best description I can give. And then a musket, of course, is a very slow, long barreled gun that, you know, the old guys used to pump the powder down and shoot. Look. In that scenario, coach who doesn't want to be revealed, it's not the owner of the big gun's fault that you have a musket. You just need to find creative ways to get the most out of your musket and say to yourself, how do I or what do I have to do to get the big gun? Instead of being jealous of the guy with the big gun, I think there are certain coaches, and I've only seen about four in my lifetime, Phil Jackson, Bill Belichick, John Calipari, Pat Riley, and Nick Saban. These coaches who can take young men who've been told all of their life they're the greatest whatever in their respective sports and actually bring them together, like give, make them follow, make them a part of a team. Everybody doesn't have that. Nick Saban 
has that. And you just have to respect that if you're a person of substance. If you're not a person of substance, I don't expect you to get on the Nick Saban bandwagon. I don't expect you to understand what you're watching. And that is fine with me, but you are missing out on history. You're missing the point, just the lessons that this man is teaching the entire world about focus and a process and winning. You are missing all of that because you don't like Alabama. Now, I told you in the the opener that I was going to delve into what I think the real problem is. Is it that? People don't like Nick Saban. Is it they don't like all the winning or what is it? I think all of that is a part of it. But there's one angle and y'all can feel how y'all feel. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't think that the world is still ready to fall in love with the South. I really don't. I'm trying to think of like something that everybody just embraces about the South. And I think given our history, I don't know if if the the name Alabama itself could be universal to the point where people who are like 40 and up could just put their arms around it and embrace it. I think some people still have, and rightfully so, that old stigma of what the old Alabama was. And and we still see some of it perpetuated today in the media. And I think it's easier for people to, to get around a program like an Ohio State or a Michigan, even a USC at one point. I think it's e- I think it's subconsciously easier for people to embrace those programs than it is That's just an Alabama. Am I making it a race issue? It's a part of it. It's a lot of moving parts of this. But I think that is just a big thing for people. It's kind of like, I don't know if the country Germany, because of their history, I don't know if they could ever be the sweetheart of the world. Pretty sure some great, nice people there in Germany. But when you think of Germany, I'm in my mid-30s. And when I hear Germany, because of what's in the history books, it takes me to a certain place. And I just think that when people hear the name Alabama, they just don't want to see Alabama win. Whenever people think about Alabama fans, they never put on TV or these talk shows, you know, the Alabama fan who's just kind of casual. He graduated from the university. He's a shirt and tie guy. They never talk about the diverse type of Alabama fans who are black, some with, of Asian descent, some of Spanish descent. They never make those people the face of Alabama fans. What, which, which are the ones, let's be honest, which are the ones they usually go for? The ones that are loud. The ones they say are backwoodsy or missing teeth. or These are the Alabama fans that they like to put on display. And I honestly think that that may be the reason that the videos I do may have appealed to a broader audience. I didn't look like the average Alabama fan. Well, not the, the Alabama fan that is marketed to the entire world. And that's just as honest as I could be about it. 
Now, I understand that Alabama, maybe besides the beaches, you know, Birmingham and Tuscaloosa, we may not be a vacation destination. I get that. But everybody, everybody that has actually come in contact with actual Alabama fans at actual Alabama games that were on the opposing team, they all have the same story. They were some of the nicest friendliest people that I ever met. It was one or two jerks in the crowd, but for the most part, they were just nice. They just loved their team. I don't have the answer. I don't know how we get more of that out instead of the other stuff. Maybe people find the other stuff just more entertaining. They're familiar with that brand, but that's not what the entire Alabama fan base is about. But I don't think that people nationally can just wrap their arms around anything Alabama. You're listening to the Funny Man Podcast. Also earlier this week, uh, there were comments made by UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen. Now, I'll admit when I first read the headline, I think it was a little clickbait. Uh, I, I got upset at first. I thought he was saying one thing, but he was actually saying another thing and just about grades and athletes. And I don't think that he was taking a shot at Alabama. He just used Alabama as an example. I mean, when you're talking about the top program in the country, maybe, you know, it's easier to to use them as an example. But here's just another reason why I love Coach Saban. His response to the comments about athletes and their ACT scores was just, magnificent like he put things into perspective Nick Saban he just really gets it like he gets the overall picture of things he understands that he has these young men for three to four years and I think he has so much faith in his system not just the football part but I think he has so much faith in the rehabilitation part of what his program is I think that's why he's taking in guys who may or may not have the best grades or guys who may have gotten into trouble only because he has a system and a standard of which he does things and his rebuttal to the UCLA quarterback made me more realize that this guy is more than a football coach just take a listen look I look at it in a completely different way we've had 23 29 and 22 guys play in their last game here which is a playoff game or a championship game right with a college degree now regardless of what those guys act score was or sat score they had an opportunity that they took advantage of that's going to be a great deposit or investment for their future they're going to have a better life because they had an opportunity to go to college now I know college football has become a huge business, and I don't think anybody could not acknowledge that fact, but there's still some principles and values of personal development, academics, academic support, the great job that we try to do to help our players, regardless of what their background is academically, have a chance to earn a college degree. And their athletic ability has what's given them that opportunity. So I think we should put more focus on not what the score is, but how can we create these opportunities and do a better job of helping these young men be successful so they are making an investment in their future beyond football? Forget about the football, beyond football. And I think that's what we've 
put our emphasis on here and tried to do. And I think if you look at the history and the track record, we've been in one of the top schools in the country in terms of graduating our players. Words from Coach Nick Saban about investing in young men who who may or may not have the strongest academic prowess, may not have come from the most stable situation. But what he's saying is, look, I'm going to be honest with you. You're a big part of what I do. If you can help me to be on top, I can help you to be on top as a person in life, on the field, everything. And if anybody's listening and does not think that that is a fair trade, and I'm not talking about just based on money. I'm talking about just the opportunity, the opportunity they present, the opportunity to play for the top program in the nation, putting you one step away from going to the professional ranks. But not only that, after you play for this university, you're going to be sought after just because you were affiliated with the program and the coach. Playing for Nick Saban at the University of Alabama on anybody's resume, that is a a type 12 times New Roman bold italic font like you want people to see that and you have to see value in it is the college game perfect financially do they have it all figured out no but there's a reason this has been going on for 10 plus years he's doing something right so honor what he is doing right instead of always trying to break down what you feel he's doing wrong he's affecting a lot of lives a lot of families lives this is the Funny Man Podcast. Now, on the flip side of the overrated thing and then the SAT thing, now there's the transferring quarterbacks thing. Uh, two of the former quarterbacks, Cooper Bateman and Blake Barnett, they transferred out of the program last year. One after the first game and another, you know, a little bit further down in the season. And they came out and expressed uh, frustration with how Coach Saban handled the whole quarterback situation last year. The two of them were very highly touted coming out of high school. We as fans were definitely looking forward to what they were bringing to the team. But my parents used to always tell me, man, there's your side, my side, and then there's the truth. Uh, First with Blake Barnett, uh, who actually started – the first game last year versus USC before Jalen Hurts got in, and eventually Alabama went on to a 52-6 to win. Now, that's important to note. You got the start, Blake Barnett. You, you were awarded the start. The coaches, everybody decided that you would be the starting quarterback. You got your shot. A few plays I remember from the game, you missed Calvin Ridley. On a flat, the first drive, second play, there was a sack. And, yeah, the offense was starting slow, but the guys, the team, they they were not responding to you. They just were not responding to you. Jalen Hurts gets into the game. They respond. They go up 38-6. to six, And by the time they get to that point, you get back into the game, and you actually had a decent game. I got to remember you made some downfield the throws. There was a long touchdown. Uh, to a wide-open guy, like you look like the prospect that everybody was waiting on. But here's the thing. We, the fans, are not around you guys every day like the coaches. 
So it was not about just your first uh, one or two series that you had in that USC game. This was something that was going way back to when you first came in the previous year as a freshman. And there was some stuff that we as fans forgot, but your coaches did not forget. Your coaches did not forget that in the first two spring scrimmages, you had a total of six interceptions. Six interceptions, three of which were returned for touchdowns. Let me say that again. You had six interceptions in two games, three of which were returned for touchdowns. You went and worked with George Whitfield, who's a very popular quarterback coach, who's worked with the likes of Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, Jameis Winston. If you watch ESPN, you see him on there all the time. You went and worked with this man. You came back, improved in some areas, and you got better. You got better, but you didn't get good enough for the Alabama program. But they still entrusted you. They still gave you the keys to the car and said, hey, go out and prove it. We're giving you the start. Not Jalen Hurts. We're giving you the start. It's yours to lose, and you lost it. That's competition. I understand people have been praising you probably since you were in the eighth and ninth grade with your golden arm and your and your height. But this Alabama, it's a different culture, bro. We don't care about all of that. All we care about is can you win games? And you couldn't get that done. That wasn't a decision that one coach made. It definitely wasn't a decision that us fans made. Collectively, the team and the coaches said, you're not the guy. So I wasn't mad at you for transferring. I felt like it was better for you to transfer. But if you wanted my respect and the respect of everybody around our program, you would have kept competing. You have every right to transfer, and it may prove to be the best thing for you. But if you're not willing to compete day in and day out with your teammates and with other teams, you did not belong at Alabama. You were not a victim. You just did not fit the culture. We've had many players transfer at many positions. We've had coaches leave, everything. But that is the culture of Alabama. There are high expectations, and it ain't for everybody. So I wish you the best wherever you are, but I cannot respect and accept you playing the victim role when you had every chance to do everything that you needed to do to be the starting quarterback at Alabama throughout the year. This is the podcast where the fans meet. Funny main podcast. Phew. Now that I got all of that off my chest, man, I, I feel like I can go on to the final topic. Uh, but shout out to one of my favorite, favorite accounts on Twitter. If you're not following it and you're a Bama fan, go ahead and follow Bama Pro Updates. Bama Pro Updates on Twitter. It's really an account, man, that's just beautifully run. They keep up with all things that uh, all of our alumni are doing uh, in the pro leagues and not just in football, but track and field and basketball, everything. So one of the greatest accounts uh, that I think you should follow to keep up with former Bama players and just some updates from that account this past week. Jonathan Allen, one of our favorite defensive linemen who uh, who is now a rookie in the NFL, he recorded his first sack. And it just happened to be against a former Arkansas quarterback, Ryan Mallett. So shout out to Big John. Oh, let me let me give him one. Go, big boy. Doing his thing now for the Washington Redskins. 
Uh, Cyrus Jones, man, one of my favorite players. He's been having a rough go for the Patriots. I still got faith in Cyrus. I, I just believe it. he's such a competitor and he gave us so much on the college ranks that I'm really, really rooting for him. But his name has been coming up on the Twitter feed and in NFL circles, not in a positive way, just because of some plays, but he's still on the roster. So I think the coaches are believing in him. So shout out to Cyrus Jones. I believe in you too, my brother. Eddie Jackson, man, one of our favorites. He His name is, his stock is rising in Chicago for the Bears. He made some great plays this week in his preseason game. And we're just so happy, man. Eddie was a very huge instrumental part of the team last year before going down to a just a terrible injury. So very good to see him back up and doing well at the Chicago Bears. And also former wide receiver, one of our favorites, Richard Mullaney, scored a deep touchdown. Now, I got mixed emotions about this one. I love me some Mullaney. I loved him when he played for us, but it was against my Saints. Jeez, it's so stressful, the Saints. Come on, we got to do better. But shout out to Richard Mullaney for that big touchdown in the preseason game. And there was Bama rookies all over the field last night in that Washington Redskins and Baltimore Ravens game. Viral pick going around right now with Ryan Anderson, Quanjo, Tim Williams, Marlon Humphrey, Jonathan Allen, and C.J. Mosley. So shout out to all of those guys for taking that great picture, and we just wish you nothing but the best. And also big prayers are going up to uh, – one of my favorite LSU receivers that I used to love to watch. Now, I wasn't I wasn't a fan when we played each other because he's just a talented guy. But we definitely want to wish the best out to Malachi Dupree. That's an awesome name, by the way. I've always thought that. Malachi Dupree, he has movement and feeling in all of his extremities. Uh, they, they took him to the hospital for uh, further evaluation, but he, he was up and I think he tweeted last night also. So shout out to him and his career at the Green Bay Packers. Much respect to Malachi Dupree and all of the LSU and Green Bay fans who are following him. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want more, go ahead, subscribe, share, share it with your friends. This is how we're going to do it. All right. We're going to talk sports, man. We're going we gonna to motivate people. We're going to do all of that. I'm going to try my best to be honest and educated about the things that I speak about. And we'll see you for the next episode of the Funny Main Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Funny Main Podcast. For more episodes, visit FunnyMain.com or follow on social media at FunnyMain.